Living your life as both a spiritual teacher and spiritual student is not about learning or becoming anything. It's about remembering and living as the truth you are. With deep conviction and enthusiasm, Reverend Randy Thickey guides and encourages others to go within to their intimate space to find their infinite truth. Welcome to I Am Spirit Creating. Well, good morning. And welcome to Unity Southeast in Kansas City. If you have never been here before, put your seatbelt on, buckle in, we're going to have some fun today. But also know that each and every week this is a unique service in the fact that we are often non-scripted and we are definitely not commercial. So on any given week you don't know what you're going to get. And on most weeks I don't know what I'm going to give. <laughs> so it works out really well. We're not, you know, I'm not trying to fool anybody up here. Today is our white stone ceremony, and last week we had a burning bowl ceremony, and what that looked like was we asked all of our congregants to come in and be in the silence and to meditate on what they want to release to 2019 and not bring forth into 2020. And we had them write those things down and then bring them to the front, and they were thrown into a fire. And each item became ash and dissipated into thin air. So this week, what we know to be true is that whenever you create space, whenever you create an empty space, life, spirit, the divine, whatever, finds a way to fill it. And so you can either fill it intentionally or you can let it be filled by whatever comes its way. And for me, I like to make sure I know what it's being filled with. So today will be our white stone ceremony, and I will tell you more about that. But what we're going to offer you today is a chance to fill that void, fill that space with something that is uniquely you. And we're not going to ask you to think about what that is at this moment. That will come later in the service. Today is January 5th, and our word for the day is, maybe we don't have a word for the day. Our word for the day, I see it. I guess I could just click the slide and it will tell me, right? Our word for the day is relax. So I invite you as we sit here today to simply relax. Can you say that with me? I give my mind and body permission to re rest and relax. Say it again. I give my mind and body permission to rest and relax. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. While these words of scripture are written long ago, they accurately describe the frantic, swarming pace of life so many people find themselves experiencing today. The invitation was to visit a deserted place of rest, speaks directly to my soul. While I may not be living by an ocean shore or a forested mountaintop, I can go to a deserted place that is always available to me within my mind. At first, through dedication and practice, I need to journey inward and find my silent peace within to stop and to give my mind and body permission to relax. I come to a now realization of worthiness within me, a vital understanding of my self-care, an essential knowing of my personal and spiritual growth. In scripture, this looks like he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. In 2020, that looks like putting the cell phone down, getting off the social media, turning off the radio, turning off CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, 
turning off even the neighbors and the thoughts that your brothers and sisters had, letting, going, letting go of thoughts and understandings that your parents may have taught you that they were wrong about, finding a new understanding of who you are, closing out the outside world and going within. For we too can lie down by green pastures. For we too can have our soul restored. This is the time. This is the place. What are we waiting for? Many people walk into unity and the first question they ask is, well, do you believe in God? And I'm here to tell you that yes, we believe in God, we believe in Allah, we believe in energy, we believe in principle, we believe in love, we believe in light, for God has so many different names. What I know to be true, though, is for me, and I'm just going to ask you to consider it, is that there's only one presence and one power. And that one presence and that one power is good, is love, is light. And many call it God. So throughout our service, if you hear the word God, or you hear the word Allah, or you hear the word love, or you hear the word divine, or you hear the word principle, just substitute the word that works for you best. Because the one thing we pride ourselves is to understand that we all have many paths. But we all have one source, one energy, one principle. So don't let the scripture or the Bible or the God get in the way of your knowing of who you are. Because you truly are the inherited one. You truly are the righteous one. You truly are the chosen one. You truly are the anointed for within you is all there truly is. And when you start allowing the outside world to dictate who you are, you've lost your identity completely. So today I invite you to find out what that word is for you. Who you are being called to be. Who you are longing to be. And know that that one source, that one energy, that one power has many names. And investigate that through this service today. And find out who you are. So as you just fall into that space of relaxation, I invite you to let go of all that was. All there is yet to be and land simply right here, right now. Landing on the truth. For this moment is all there really is. Yesterday is just a memory that you create and tomorrow is just an imagination, a dream that you bring forth. But this moment is real. This moment is sacred. This moment is true. So I invite you to simply breathe into this moment and know who you are. Breathe into this moment, breathing in the love, the light, the hope, the faith that you are, and breathing out into the world the strength, the comfort, the wisdom, the understanding, the life, knowing that often we must eliminate in order to fill, knowing that we must let go in order to hold on. Letting go of what no longer serves us allows us to hold on to what and who we are exactly as we are. Each and every one of us is whole and each and every one is perfect. 
regardless of what package we come in, regardless of what we once believed or regardless of what we now believe. We all have the opportunity and the responsibility to land on our truth. We started today with a peace meditation at 10.30, and I felt the air in the room shift. I felt the space shift. And I know that that shift is working its way into each and every one of you right here, right now. You are whole. You are perfect. You are loved. Regardless of your race. Regardless of your creed. Regardless of your sexuality. Regardless of your gender identity. Regardless of your physical abilities or disabilities. Or your mental abilities or disabilities. You are here for a purpose. You have survived 100% of your days just to get here, so don't give up now. And I say that because I know that some of you, one of you, is ready for a shift in your life, and maybe giving up might have been an option. Or maybe giving up is an option. I'm here to tell you, don't do it. You are here for a purpose. You have a divine purpose and you have a divine reason. Today is the day you learn what that is if you choose to. So I invite you to breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in the names they called you and breathe out the knowing that those are not you. Breathe in the rules that they gave you and breathe out the understanding that you make your own rules today. Breathe out the religion they forced upon you and know that today you get to determine what spirituality is for you. Today I invite you to set yourself free. Today, I invite you to release and let go and step into anew. For this time, this place, this moment is all there is. So how did you show up today? What will you leave here today? What no longer serves you and what will no longer hold you down? What are you no longer willing to carry? And what will you put in its place? I invite you to spend time in the silence and answer these questions and any others that may be coming to mind as you spend time in the silence. We talked about the white stone ceremony. How many of you guys have experienced a white stone ceremony before? Raise your hand. Okay, for those who haven't, the white stone ceremony has what they say many originated thoughts and ideas. 
And what I know is that when I go to the Bible and I look all through it, white stone is only mentioned one time, and that's in the book of Revelation. Throughout the entire Bible, the, the white stone is only mentioned one time, and that's in the book of Revelation. And so it made me think, as I read the scripture over and over and over, how true are the things I once believed? Because, see, there's lots of stories about the white stone. It was originally told to me in a church that the white stone stood for the white marble that was on the temple. And when we came and accepted God or Jesus, we were given a piece of that marble to take with us to let us know that we were anointed. And I held on to that, and I thought that could be it. But then I thought, if that was the case, wouldn't it have mentioned it in the Bible? And then I started researching and realized that the white stone was talked about 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 years ago. And so if I look at the Bible and it dates when things happened, the white stone came before that. And what I read is that the white stone was something that was given to prisoners and slaves when they were set free. And the white stone, the word white that has been transcribed in the Bible, really means bright and sparkling. And so they said it could have been a diamond or it could have been anything, but it didn't have to be a piece of rock. And I don't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> but it, it boggles my mind to think that if there's two definitions or two, two reasons, there must be more. So I started searching more to find out what other things the white stone has represented in the past. And I'm going to tell you on the one that I landed on that I think works for me. And see, that's what it's really about, is not taking what I believe or not taking what someone else believes, but learning and spending time and figuring out what you believe. And what I read was, in the Egyptian times, the white stone was used to give someone street cred, basically. You would go and you would, you would spend time with someone and they would say, you know what, I vouch for this person. So what they would do is they would take a white stone and they would write their name on it and sign their signature at the bottom. And so if I was a slave or a prisoner or a beggar or just a socialite that moved around a lot, I would take the white stone with this name and signature on it and I would place it in my pocket. And then I would meet someone else and I would get into their good graces and they would give me a white stone. And then somebody else would give me a white stone. And you have to understand that that long ago, people weren't traveling far. You might travel for half a day, which means you traveled two miles or three miles. And so I would go to someone, and they would say, well, hi, how you doing? I'm Randy. And they'd say, do I know you? And I'd say, no, but do you know any of these people? And I'd reach in my pocket and give them my white stones, and they'd start through and go, oh, well, you're, oh, you know Bukeka. Then if you're a friend of hers, you're a friend of mine. And that means I could now get grace from you and maybe get a bite to eat from you or get a little bit of water from you or spend time with you. And what I think resonates with me about that is that it reminds me that the white stone is given so you know that you're not alone. So then when you go back into the Bible and you read about the white stone and how it was given away, I think that it was about you're not alone. And it may have been a marble at that point. It may have been a piece of wood. It may have been whatever, but let's just call it a white stone because that's what the Bible said it was. And we all know that the Bible was written by many people from many nations 
during a long period of time. The Bible is actually a collection of over 400 books come together by over 150 different writers. And so I'm here to tell you that I can't keep a story straight in this community. How are we going to keep a story straight when there's 400 different ones? But because we are at Unity Southeast and because I need something to base this lesson on, I decided I would use the Bible. <laughs> and the scripture goes like this. It says, Okay, I know what I did wrong, but that's okay. It says that, uh, let's skip that one. I will also give him a white stone inscribed with a new name, known only to the one that receives it, Revelation 2, 17. And as much as I think this, I will also give them a white stone inscribed with a new name is important. I want to back up a little bit in the Bible. And what it says is this. Let anyone who has ears listen. To everyone who conquers, I will give some hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a name upon it that will only be his. And I think it's important that we go back to the phrase before it. Let anyone who has ears listen. To everyone who conquers, I will give them some hidden manna and I will give them a white stone and on that white stone I will give them a name which will only be theirs. Because I think that this passage has three promises in it. It starts with, to everyone who conquers. And I think that to everyone who conquers is not an outside conquering, it's an inside conquering. Everyone who conquers their demons, everyone who conquers their fear, everyone who conquers the world and understands that divinity, that the Christ, that the truth, that the love comes within, I will give them hidden manna. I will give them hidden manna, spiritual food. Things that are unbeknownst and unknown to others, I will give to them because they know the truth of who they are. They know the Christ within. They know that they are divine purpose and divine life and divine wisdom and divine understanding. And if they know this, they deserve to know the other secrets as well. So I will give them hidden man as spiritual food. As Moses walked through the wilderness, manna came down from the sky. The people only had to go and collect it every day. They did not have to do anything to earn it. They did not have to do anything to save it, for if they saved it, it spoiled. We are all walking in the wilderness. And we are all on every given day being rained down by hidden manna, by spiritual truth. And it is not our job to hold on to it or to save it. It is our job to consume what we can and then give the rest away. So I believe that the hidden manna is very important and I don't understand why every meme on Facebook deletes it. But I think it's important that we know that this hidden manna is there and then it promises a white stone. Jesus was teaching that if someone served time in prison or in bondage of any time, they would be given a white stone when they were released. It served as a symbol that they had done their time and they had given their passages and they were ready to receive the rights of a free man. Each of us comes from bondage, from past nonsense, from knowing a fake higher self, from making up this I am figure or this realization of who we are. 
But the truth is we must have a new awareness of what the divine is. So today we will have a white stone ceremony. And I will give to you a stone that has your name upon it. But before we do that, the scripture says the name will be given and no one will know but the receiver of that name. And so who am I to give you your name? It is yours to come up with for yourself. And it is yours to decide if you share it with anyone else. A loved one, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a child, a neighbor, a friend. It is yours and it is divinely yours. What is the universe calling you to be? Is it calling you to be hope? Is it calling you to be love? Is it calling you to be relief? Is it calling you to be action? Is it calling you to be truth? Is it calling you to be health? Is it calling you to be energy? Is it calling you to be power? Is it calling you to be drive? If it, is it calling you to be fun? To be balance? To be passion? To be smiles? To be a kid again? To be an adult right now? To step into service? To be more spiritual? to find your center, to know your truth. I couldn't help but while Bukeka was singing that song, watching tears well up in some of your eyes and watching you become emotional. And what I hope that that was about was that you finally realized that you're more than what you once believed. And that today you've decided to add a whole new level to who and what you are and a whole new level to who and what you behave like on the outside world, and a whole new level of how you want to show up so that you can model the divine to those who may not see it. I don't care what your belief system is, if you're Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim or Catholic or Christian, and I say Catholic Christian because I think those are two separate things, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I can say that I'm a recovering Catholic. I'm appreciative for everything I learned along the way. But honestly, I don't care what you believe or who you believe in. What I want you to believe in is yourself as well. And know that every attribute you give to the divine or you give to spirit or you give to God, you should also know that you are it too. You are made in the image and likeness. And see, I used to believe that that meant that God or Muhammad or whoever looked exactly like me because it's my image and my likeness. But what I realize is the image and likeness is not about the outside. It's about what's inside. And I know that everything that is inside me is inside the divine. And everything that's inside the divine is inside me. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was made flesh. In the beginning was you, and then you were made flesh. In the beginning, spirit created. And in this moment, you too have that power to create a world that is just right for you. A world that works for everyone. Not a world of hate and judgment and bias, but a world of love and light, because for me, love is God. 
That's the word I use when nobody else is around. When I was young, I used to say, oh God, please get me a bicycle for Christmas. Or when I was 16, 17, I'd say, oh God, please help me find my keys. And when I was 19, 20 in college, I'd say, oh God, please help me pass this test. And what I realized is that God is that spirit within me. God is that spirit that is me. And I choose to define myself as love. So it's okay that I call God love because that's what works for me. There's no one you need to prove yourself to except for you. There is no white man with a beard looking down from the heavens upon you. Oh, wait a minute, that's Santa Claus. And he knows if you've been good, <laughs> knows if you've been bad, he knows if you're sleeping or knows if you're awake. Honestly, some people envision God that way, and if that's what works for you, go ahead. You do you, I'll do me. But there's something bigger at work here. There's something bigger at play. And what I know is that my life is better because of the spiritual teachings I've learned through unity. What I learned is that one presence, one power resonates with me. What I learned is that I have the ability to create my world through my thoughts, my words, and my actions. What I learned is if the world isn't going right, I can go within and I can pray for and look for and step into, not seek, because there is no seeking. You already have it all. But I could step in and remind myself of my truth through prayer. What I learned is knowing these things is not enough. I have to live them in my life each and every day. Now, I get off track, I promise you. There are days that I just rage at the world. There are days that I just scream at the television. There are days that I think, man... Is this all there is? There are days that I say, this isn't the best of me. But on all of those days, at some point I've said, this is not the way my story ends. And I've brought myself back to center. I've brought myself back to love. I've brought myself back to life. I brought myself back to hope. I brought myself back to God. I brought myself back to the divine, whatever word you give it, but know that it is real and it is present and it is in you, it is through you, and it works its way as you. So if you're walking around wondering where is God in this situation, God is in you. If you're saying, why isn't God doing something, I'm here to say, why aren't you doing something? God can only do for you what God can do through you. I said that last week and I walked out here and I thought, man, that's it. God can only do for you what God can do through you. Love can only do for you what love can do through you. Hope can only do for you what hope can do through you. I love the fact that I'm standing here and the entire service I've been here, people have been walking in that door and picking up coats and jackets and hats and gloves. And I think every member of this community that has been a part of this and really said, you know what, we're going to step into who we are on our community affirmations that says we are a church that serves and connects. And there's a word missing and I keep talking about it and I'm going to add it in. I'm going to make the decision because no one's come to me and said they won't let me do it. And we're going to add and lives our truth because it's one thing to serve, it's one thing to connect, it's another thing to just live it, to breathe it, to be it. So in the slides going forward, you'll know there's going to be a small change. Just accept it. 
And if it doesn't work for you, just say it silently in your head, like, I don't love this, I hate it. You do you, I'll do me. Because that's what spirituality is about. Not about some person standing in the front of the room telling you what to believe. It's about some person standing in the front of you and challenging you and saying, do you know what you believe? Not are you willing to be spoon-fed what I believe, because I think that's hogwash. And I think that that's hurt way too many people for so many centuries. I personally like the Bible. I personally think that there's good stories and there's good lessons in it. But I also like Aesop's fables, because I think that the rabbit and the hare also has great lessons in it, too. There are so many stories, there are so many religions, there are so many books. And I'm here to invite you that if you're seeking outside yourself to find your truth, you're looking in the wrong place. Now these things can help you find your truth, but ultimately you have to go within and realize who you are. Amen?